This is a Fubar Radio podcast. If you need any more information, head to fubarradio.com. Screen Talk with Dan Clark on Fubar Radio. Hello and welcome to Screen Talk. We're going to crack straight on because I've got a lot of questions for today's guest. I've been a big fan of this guy. He's a brilliant actor, the wonderful Stephen McIntosh. You'll know him from shows like Luther, Criminal Justice. He's been in the Underworld movies, Lockstock, of course. I've got a few other very big shows that are personal to me. And of course, The Muppet Christmas Carol. How can we? Well, I've got to ask him about that. This is the first of his two songs. This is from the film Cinderella, Liberty and its Love Theme. <laughs> Cinderella, Liberty, Love theme. It says by John Williams, but I don't know if it actually is. Our guest today, the wonderful Stephen McIntosh, maybe you can confirm whether that is actually John Williams. I can tell you that the soundtrack says composed by John Williams. Yeah. There's some lyrics on the album as well, and those okay. are by Paul Williams. Is he related? No, they're not, oh. but I... Paul, but Williams, got the Paul Williams has got a very distinctive voice. He was involved in the Bugsy Malone soundtrack. Oh. So lots of those voices, those adult singing voices that you hear on the, uh, the Alan Parker film are Paul Williams. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love the songs on that soundtrack. Yeah, well, yeah. that's Such me too. Yeah. Me too. The piece we just listened to, uh, Cinderella Liberty, that's the longest I've ever heard a harmonica played without a break, I think, ever. Yeah. I'm on, like the sort of Stevie Wonder type harmonica. I don't Absolutely. know what they're called those why did you pick that are you a fan of this piece of music or you love the film I've not even heard of the film I feel bad for saying I don't know it either so (laughs) don't feel bad because I haven't got a clue what it's about because I'm a bit of a train spotter in music terms and I I like interesting old you were saying while that was on you love soundtracks yeah I think I read about this being a kind of renowned Right. soundtrack yeah. so I bought the album before I even knew what the film was and it's one of those and it's a classic 70s soundtrack there's an up-tempo jazzier kind of upbeat version yeah. of that they don't do and that as a, much no, anymore I, lo- do they? I don't really yeah. I love that as a thing and That's then there are so some nice. lyrical bits on the album I stuck it on last night as well yeah. knowing we're going to possibly talk yeah. about it it's a beauty but I don't know the film have you got a lot of soundtracks that you listen to but you haven't watched the film I've got quite a few have you there are some great funky ones yeah yeah the sort of black exploitation yeah, stuff. I picked up one the other day. I was filming in Bristol and I picked up one. I found a funky soundtrack there called... Like a vi- Is it vinyl shop? It's on yeah. vinyl and yeah. it was... Co- I can't even remember the name of the film. It's called Cornbread and something. Or right. I mean, it's... I'd, Amazing. But, it's, but the music <laughs> is by a funk band called The Blackbirds, who right. are a great... Had you funk, heard of them before? Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're a sort of great funk outfit from yeah. the 70s. And this album is, again, it's a blinder. Yeah. It's yeah. got the theme, it's got the kind of I bet some of several versions of the theme, and then there's some funk workouts on it that are just second to none. Yeah. Well, Stephen, thank you for joining us. I've been a big fan of your work for many years. Oh, you've actually, you. you've sort of weirdly made stuff that has kind of pinpointed eras of my life. And I don't want to, like, make you feel old all of a sudden. But you were a part of my childhood. 
Okay, yeah, I'm hearing that quite a few people have said that really? to me lately. It does make but me then feel you're, but you incredibly start, old. No, but, but hey, you, you know, what can I do? I've you been started young. You started young. I did. That's I've been, the I thing. know, it's true. I did. I start, Yeah, I was so a nipper when I was doing to, it. And then, so I mean, you were probably only a couple of years older than me. I'm talking, of course, about Adrian Mole, yes. which I loved that show so much as a, uh, when I was a kid. It was a big deal when it came out. Because, yeah. again, because the book the was book, such yeah. an enormous hit. And I was, again, I read the book like everybody else. Else. Right. You know, when they were doing a TV adaptation of it, I just couldn't quite believe that I got the, yeah. the job. And there was a, it was a f- amazing. How old group were you when people. you got? I was the first one. I think I was maybe fourteen, right. and then the second one, I think, well, I was fifteen. We did the t- did the two books consecutively. It was just two seasons, two series. It was just, it? Yeah, yeah, because it was the, it was the, the the secret diary of, and then the growing yeah. pains of. And then I think Sue Townsend left quite a big gap before she did. A, she did she, a late some later books, like in his twenties. Stephen Mangan played him yeah, later yeah. on. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I presume it was one of your very first roles. It was right? a ama- I'd done little bits before then, but that was a big deal yeah. because it was a it was a and book that, of the moment. And it must have been a moment where suddenly you were being recognised. People saying, "Hey, you're you're not." Was it Nigel? Wasn't it? It was Nigel. Nigel. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Can you I remember? mean, I suppose perhaps I wasn't as instantly. Adrian himself was such an iconic character and, yeah. and his look and, and his kind the, yeah, of, the, right. you know, the glasses. Yeah. I don't remember people kind of stopping me in the street. It's a long time, it's a yeah. long time ago now. But I just think at that age, it must be a strange thing to suddenly be in something that people are talking about. Not everyone gets to do a show that has such an impact so early on. Yeah, it was so exciting. How did you get into acting then? In a kind of amateur way, really. Yeah. I was amateur dramatics. Yeah. I was a bit of a slacker at school, if I'm honest. Right. I didn't get school. I didn't yeah. understand why you needed to pay attention. Drama was something that I really loved. And when I did it, people said, oh, he's good. And so I did more of it. Finally, someone said something nice. Yeah, so, so I, I'm run I with seemed, that. there seemed to be kind of a lot of negative stuff going on in do you know what I mean in this, yeah. the school arena was I, the feedback I got was generally quite negative you know it was that cycle of well they tell me I am don't listen so I won't yeah. you know I'll carry on not listening yeah yeah and, and, the, and the, reverse, right. the reverse was going on in, in drama where people, you know, the, I, the, oh, they laugh when I deliver a line. And, yeah. I, and I, you know, and I don't know, things like sort of... Were people from your family into acting or theatre? My mum was involved behind the scenes. Yeah. I think it was through her encouragement that I got involved. She loved to be involved. She didn't harbour any desires to be on the stage, yeah. but she liked to be involved backstage, were helping with costumes and with yeah. so she was her thing and I yeah so, so she so was encouraging that, and that, that was my way yeah. in and I ended up getting my kind of first professional job when I was I think I was about 12 I did I, yeah. I did a play at the bush when I was 12 oh, wow the bush is in the bush is in shepherd's, shepherd's bush. bush I don't oh, even yeah. it used to be yeah. above a pub and I think it's moved now it was right there's on a lot bush more Green. of those sort of fringe off west end theatres back then wasn't there there were lots of I those feel like there weren't I know I know I feel is. no like loads above pubs lots of pu- I feel like yeah the pub venue is thing of the past it, it feels, does feel it? I mean I, th- I think even the bush theatre now is it from what I my sense of it there might be a kind of bigger more yeah. established looking venue but it was a it was a little tiny room yeah. above a pub yeah yeah that did some very edgy I know and this play was extremely edgy it was about um Alistair Crowley who is a kind of dark cult figure from the 50s who mm. had a 
a mysterious yeah cult i believe in france and there was all sorts of communal stuff happening yeah. drugs and sex and i was so i was this 12 i think i was this 12 year old kid playing a child that was living in this commune while all this wild stuff was going right. on did you understand the like the I didn't, what I the play was about sort really? of yeah i kind of I, oh, I see it's these weird people probably didn't get it and thought oh this is nice a little gang of people together I, everyone <laughs> was so delightful to yeah. me I got the sense that the subject was very dark, yeah. but everyone was so lovely and smiley and charming yeah, backstage. Yeah. So it was a kind of... Weird, yeah, weird a, mix. a weird mix of stuff. And you're above a pub yeah, at 12. Yeah, above, above <laughs> a pub. And there was lots of, you know, there's lots of swearing and kind of simulated sex in this play. I mean, it was weird, yeah. but I love, I, you know, I love it. And you were it. like, I'm home. This is me. This is, <laughs> this is where I belong. Sex, swearing, and communes. Yeah, I found. I found. Like. <laughs> yeah. I then, of course, just uh, continue with this theme of you of the stuff that you did that had such a big impact. You then, obviously, you did stuff between them. But in my teens, or I think this was in my late teens, I didn't see it when it came out. But the Buddha of Suburbia, and we had Roger, the director, on recently. And that was another show that was just like absolutely blew me away. I think for very different reasons. That was one of those things where you're starting to really, as an adult, get what good writing's about right. and good directing yeah. and acting and stories. And uh, that was one that I watched on VHS all in one evening. Me and my mate oh, watched wow. it all in one evening because this was pre-binge watching, yes. you know. And it was like, great, where's the next tape? You know, we actually had to swap bits of plastic around to see the next episode. Brilliant. That again, that must have been for you because uh, talking to Roger, he said that was a show that definitely felt like it made a bit of a noise when it came out, and because it was a little bit again a, a bit controversial with some of the themes and things. Again, it felt very, very special I, at the time. That I, was a book as well before, right? It was, yeah, yeah. it was a book, and yeah. I happened. It was just one of those. The timing was kind of incredible for me. At the time, I was doing a film with Hanif Qureshi okay. that he was directing in London. Oh. I was doing a film called London Kills Me. And this was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about the wow, early nineties. Yeah, and so I was doing this film with Hanif, and at the time, I think I just read the book and I'd seen this role, and I was thinking. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna need to. Just, I better be good I in this need, film. To, I need to try yeah. and make this happen. Yeah, and I think I remember having conversations with him on the set of this film we were doing, and hearing maybe that the BBC were going to do it, and I was like, "So, Hanny, the yeah, the sort yeah. of, mm, this we're going to be doing what, this." And do you think I could look like that's him? That's <laughs> a great. That's a great. I, yeah. I'd love to do that, yeah. Yeah. and I think there might have been the same casting directors on the two projects, okay. so it all just. I met with Roger and I... Was it an audition process yeah, or did you just meet? Yeah, I met meet Roger or? and Red, I think, yeah. yeah. Was it clear, because there was a lot of talk about it sort of being half based on Bowie, that character? There, there was, was like I, a, I believe it's a kind of blend of Bowie and Billy Idol. I believe Charlie Hero in the book, he's not quite at Bowie's level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah. not he's a not quite Bowie. Yeah. And that's kind of what makes him really interesting yeah. as well. He sort of he kind of thinks he's better than he is. Yeah. 
because I grew up in exactly where it's set in Beckenham Bromley way and I think there was something quite inspirational about that character because at one point he like moves to New York even as recent as the 90s like it still seemed like quite a amazing sort of otherworldly thing to do to be able to move to America and I think now we live in such a globalized world but that character was like wow imagine being able to leave Beckenham and go and live in New yes, York City yes it's like going or, to another another planet yeah where, you know, rock stars and artists exactly. live. And I knew that stuff was in the book. And then when I saw the scripts, I thought, well, of course it's in the scripts as well. And now I thought, well, it's the BBC. We're not, we're going to shoot it in London somewhere and we're going to, it's going to yeah. double as New York. There'll be a painting and in New York And then when they skyline. said, we're going to New York to shoot it, I was like, get out. <laughs> get the flip out. Yeah. We're actually going, we're going to go to New York and I'm going to play a rock star in, in New, New York, York yeah. who moves to New York in New York and it was just and a period piece you're in New York and it's they're making it look like the 70s was it like late yeah. 70s I mean years? so I did some stuff this is a massive high point yeah. so I did some stuff and Naveen Andrews and I and Naveen who played Kareem yeah. we did some scenes where we were walking around Greenwich Village and I was wearing an electric blue fur coat <laughs> with I didn't even know fur came in blue this coat was astonishing yeah, yeah. and it was so good I had vertical hair and electric mm -hmm. blue coat and we were doing scenes walking around Greenwich Village and we did another scene in a stretch limo around Times Square it was like I couldn't believe yeah. what I was up to it was and so also, exciting also you that means you would have seen New York pre Giuliani days so mm. that was still a bit rough and it was a very different yeah. town then because I went there in 97 and it had just started to be cleaned up and, yeah. you know, My sort of... My first visit to New York, I think, was probably... I think I'd maybe made one visit before then. Mm. Maybe 1991 or something. Yeah. It was edgy. Then. Yeah. I remember being quite unnerved by it. And, like, I Times Square was full of, like, porn cinemas and oh, yeah, it was, peep shows. It was and, wild. Yeah, I remember staying the first time I went there. I stayed up in the area known as Hell's Kitchen. I remember hearing gunshots at Oh, night. no. It's sort of exciting and as well, it was like, And I remember walking down the streets in, in that part of town yeah. and thinking... Well, I'm yeah. not that comfortable yeah. <laughs> it was exciting but at the same time a little bit yeah, scary and it definitely. was and when we went back to shoot Buddha it was still very much like that and we stayed in um, a fantastic hotel called the Gramercy Park Hotel it's not what it, it's fancy apartments yeah. but it was a kind of run down groovy bohemian hotel where I think you know the stones had stayed yeah. there it's a bit like the Chelsea it had that kind of decadent charm to mm. it and did and you see other like people from film and tv or you know there were lots of kind of modely people yeah. there and bands in the bar and how old were you by the way when you were doing this because it sounds like that literally the time of your life mid-20s oh my god it was as yeah it was incredible and i remember going to the lower east side then and it was yeah, wild scum, yeah I went in 97 and my friend for some reason said because we'd done all the touristy stuff let's go to um harlem and we got on a bus and drove up like one of the main avenues and each stop all the white people were getting off and then it was like a film like you see a shot of a bus we got off and the bus pulls away and it's just us two these two like 19 year old almost fluorescent 
white kids. It was like something from New Jack City or, you know, Boys in the Hood or something. And it was so, like, for us, so terrifying. And people were just looking at us like, what is, you know, and buildings were on, had been burnt out and cars on fire. And so it was like proper gangland. Yeah. And someone said to me the other day, they were there the other year, sort of going to a posh coffee shop and penthouse apartment unrecognizable like, yeah. I've been back to New York many times and we've got a very good friend who lives there so it's been amazing seeing yeah. how it's changed I don't think there's any area now where you would feel like that yeah feels like the world has been gentrified doesn't it in yeah. a way when the show went out that must have been like a really exciting time as well for like to see something really from you know what i understand it made headlines on the paper because it was i mean it's probably actually thinking about it for you you were a bit blasé because you started your career in a commune play with <laughs> yeah. sex and drugs oh, and just another yeah you're just like oh this again <laughs> Give me something dull and boring yeah. to do. Can I have something on Sunday afternoon, please? Yeah, exactly. You know, but it must have been pretty, uh, a pretty uh, to see, and also just to see how it came out, how well it came out as well. Because that's the thing when you when you're acting, sometimes you just don't know, do you? But you really don't know, especially when you're you film something and then you 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 never quite know how you can have an image in your head about what, you, what the kind of piece you think you're yeah. doing and you know how it might come together, but you can never predict. You, still you can never predict how how it what you think it'll be and also you I mean the other one is you can never trying to predict audience reaction it's like well forget yeah. that yeah. I've given up on that one well I do stand up I've learned several times the hard way of like peeking through the curtain looking at the audience and going oh yeah they're these types yeah. and then always being wrong yeah completely do you still find having done as much work of, as you have that you can be surprised by how a script turns out, liking a script and it not working out, or even turning something down because you didn't think the script was good, and then you see it on TV and you go, oh, God, that was amazing. It can, ha- it can literally... I've had experiences both ways yeah. where I've had a script that I thought, this is going to be extraordinary because the script's extraordinary. And then and then you the finished film or, or TV show is like, mm, it just didn't quite yeah. gel. It's a, it's a really interesting thing because so many different things... It's the alchemy, have isn't it? to yeah. come together. It is like a stars aligning thing sometimes. Yeah, yeah. A great script. It's probably going to make a... F- there's going to be something... In- if the script is good, there's going to be something interesting about the final, you know, about yeah. the final product. Yeah, yeah. But it's not going to necessarily... You know what I mean? In yeah. a way that just all the elements come together. Yeah, what is there's a saying about, like, you can ruin a great script, but you can't make a bad script good, or something well, like exactly. that. Well, exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah. if you've got the basis for something, you yeah. can, like I said, you're going to make something of value out of it. Yeah. Whether it's going to work fully is another matter. If you've got nothing to start with, well, you know, you can't make something Polish out of nothing. It. Is there something you've made that you feel is, le- like, a lesser-known thing in your canon of work that you're really proud of that you wish more people had seen there's lots of those (laughs) yeah do you know what there are quite a few of those there are some films which i've absolutely loved and nowhere near enough people have seen yeah it's smaller films you know low budget films which have always maybe that's changing now because maybe they can find their place on streaming services yeah. now and so it's it's hard for certain small films to find an audience i mean there's the, for example there's a film that i did in 2005 called small engine repair okay. which is a film i made in ireland with a with yeah. a lovely he's a great is it about a mechanic by any he's, it's about some guys in rural ireland mm. that are kind of washed up and down on their luck my character 
repaired lawn mowers and leaf blowers <laughs> and Ian Glenn was my friend and he was a forklift driver but he had ambitions to become a country singer okay in it. it was a kind of low-key gem I suppose yeah. but I just I, I love this film and everyone who ever everyone who saw it just fell in love with it it was just that not enough yeah people saw it pitching that in this day and age I just imagine people going God, how do we? Well, you know, how do you get the money. I'll be honest with you. I think that was the problem back then. Like the pitch for it is not. It's quite low concept. So like how do you make it yeah. sexy? But you, but if you see the film, you yeah. go, oh, I just love this. Yeah, thing. yeah. It's, I'm gonna check this. I swear, it's really worth yeah. um, checking out because it's it's. What was it called again? It's called Small Engine Repair. Small Engine Repair. And it, uh, he's a director called. I've done two of his films. He's an Irish writer director called Niall Heary. Okay. And he has a. What was the other film you did with A him? film called Gold, which was uh, that was a few yeah a few years ago. Which yeah. um, Maisie Williams, who's in uh, Game of Thrones, yeah, yeah. Yeah. is in it, and that's about a kind of again, it's a kind of low key. He's very he's brilliant like at this sort of, of minor, minor key. Yeah, the comedy is very gentle but beautiful. Yeah, they're like the equivalent of the American. The classic American indie film, in a, in a good way, yeah, without yeah. trying to sort of ape that style of, you know what I mean, without trying to copy that. Mm -hmm. he, he's, he's got a very unique quality. So, yes, there are a few things There's that I can mention, those. which I... I feel like you mentioned, like, the co comedy aspect of those films, that you don't do quite as much comedy or comedic roles as you used to. It's true. And I'd like to do... I would you? Yeah. I was going to say, like, is I, that a conscious decision? Were you, like, no, you just... I do, no, not You wanted more awards, or...? No, 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 no. <laughs> I just, love comedy. And Niall's films have got the comic touch. Yeah. And that's, I think that's why I also... I love them so much. Because yeah. I got to explore that more. I absolutely... I, I love comedy. But yeah. I think possibly later on I became a little more associated with some intense, yeah. dark roles. And then... Quite a few like really good dramas on BBC and stuff, but very heavy stuff as heavy well. Heavy duty yeah. stuff. So then possibly people think, oh, he's, he's that's what he does. He's not the go-to guy for yeah. a laugh. And what I would say about a lot of your comedic performance, certainly the two shows uh, I just mentioned in the film I'm going to talk about as well, um, which is that you play someone who takes themselves very seriously really well in a comedic way do you know what I mean right because in the Buddha of suburbia well, like exactly that. he yeah. is that yeah. exactly people that don't realise like, how ridiculous yeah, and they that's are. what makes it yeah. so because the other film that I felt like as I was coming of a certain age you did certain things that reflected that time in my life as well was Lockstock of course and again it was a, it was a, a, quite a pompous guy in a way wasn't it in, uh, <laughs> don't you think absolutely he, he had uh, sort of delusions of grandeur completely yeah. I and think he's seeing himself as the kind of as it, a sort of kingpin within this yeah. Yeah, world but actually he's kind of ludicrous can you remember the character's name you were like the drug uh, dealer uh, the weed grower yeah his name's Winston Winston that's right was it written for someone like you or did they go oh let's go because it could have been it, you could have gone for a more gangstery type or a more but he was like he was a sort of public schoolboy. Yeah, it was it was definitely, it was definitely written, written that way, way. it was, it was definitely that and wasn't I think, like a later idea to no, sort of guy, go guy was after that contrast yeah. which I think was really funny yeah yeah and again another thing that just had a pop culture moment that really like I was closely 
attached to that film for quite for a couple of years while they were raising the money really? to make it. Okay. And I always loved it, and I yeah. was like, well, if they, ever, I re- yes, if they ever get to make that, I re- I'd love to because it's a funny. Mm-hmm. I knew it was funny, and and you know, it had something about it. I mean, who could predict that kind of response? Oh, Again, you just mental, wasn't it? No, yeah, you can't. There was an extraordinary thing happened with that where I went to an early screening of it. Mm. And I'd been speaking to kind of Jason Fleming and, and Nick Moran and those guys, and they'd been saying, oh, it's really come together well, you know. I was like, okay, okay, that sounds, yeah. sounds exciting. I remember sitting in the screening and that opening sequence where they're being chased with, with the dodgy, you know, with the moody goods in the, yeah, in, yeah. The, in the bags. And a bag goes flying and there's a freeze frame and that, I think it's an ocean colour scene track kicks yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, it feels like so mid-90s, Yeah, doesn't, doesn't it? it? Yeah, I yeah. know. And I had a, a rush up my spine, a tingling sensation yeah. in that moment where I suddenly realised, oh, this is, this is a hit. Good. Yeah, really? Yeah. Even before it went out? At that moment, yeah. I was like, this is what they call a hit. Yeah. I could feel it. It was... That's amazing. It was like... And I've, I've never really experienced anything else quite like that, but it was like there was an energy that I just... It just... It was something else. Yeah. And you know the sign of something that's really popped is when then everything afterwards is copying the style. Right, Do you know exactly. what I mean? You know, all the pale imitations that come. And what gets me is there are people that are putting money into projects afterwards going, oh, can it be more like Lockstock? And it happens in, like, in TV comedy. People always, like, of whatever's course. a hit. And then never hits, like, the well, thing you're the copying. Thing, it's like, thing, how have they not learned? That's always the problem, isn't yeah. it? When people try and go in the slipstream of a particular popular thing yeah. they always think well let's maybe if we make something in that realm people will like but you, you what people never realize is the next phenomenon is always something yeah. completely different that no one was expecting That's what yeah. it, that and so often with people that aren't necessarily big names or certainly in tv comedy but maybe less so in films but there's just this surprise like this out of nowhere thing that so often happens yes you know. And they spend so much money trying to put all the pieces that they think will make it definitely work. We'll shoot it like Guy Ritchie. We'll get that name. Well, that's we'll it. In and it's that's like, it. Well, that's the, and the, it I, that's the formula, I guess, that Hollywood's yeah. been, you know, tried to make, isn't it? It's the, well, if I, if I bring in that group of people, I should get the winning yeah. formula. But, of course, it just doesn't. Have you seen it at all recently? I haven't seen it in quite a long it's time. It's one of those things that, you know, it crops up. If I'm channel surfing, yeah. I, it will, it occasionally it... There seems to be phases when it's suddenly on a lot. Yeah, on like ITV maybe, four maybe a or film something. four or yeah. something. Where so I always see they're they're doing a yeah yeah, or maybe you know Lon- or season. London Live. There'll be a do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There'll be a oh my god! I found myself watching London's Burning. You remember that show? Yes. Yeah, the Fireman's show. I'm properly getting into it, even though it's so slow and like you know feels wow. It doesn't feel like, but it was all shot on film like from then so it's yes. dated really badly but I'm like what am I doing watching London and then a bit of Bullseye Jim Bowen it's like this you can you can watch some funny stuff if you channel hop oh yes yeah from you your sh- youth you you sure can I do I think I do remember it being on a while ago and yeah. sort of oh I think I'm going to stick with it yeah. until until the end and go yeah cuz it just works yeah. it just is there many things of your stuff that you would that you would rewatch you caught it you'd be like oh, only if i it's like i'll give it a bit if it pop you know i'll never get i'd never get anything off the shelf and go yeah yeah <laughs> i think i'll revisit one of my 
It's never yeah, criminal justice. It's never, I'll, do, uh, yes, I'll do that I've Nothing tonight. else yeah. to do. Oh, it's a bit of me time. And the, uh, the family but are I, come in and just catch is, you watching your own show. It is quite funny. And the funny ones are the sort of the TV repeats can be quite funny. Yeah. The old, you know, the sort of... From a while back. Yeah, and you're going, yeah. oh, God, I'd completely <laughs> forgotten about that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's a sign of uh, having been doing it for a while, when I you suppo- forget stuff I you've suppo- been in. I suppose it is, yeah. yeah. But I'll stick with it for a bit and then go, eh, no, switch over. Did, was there ever a point where, I guess I've got, like, two questions. One is, like, was there a point where you've got, um, I don't want to call you a child actor, because that, for some reason, has some weird... Dodgy c- dodgy yeah. But you did, you acted as a child successfully, and then you yes. managed to do that thing that not many people do, which is then are taken seriously and have a brilliant career as an adult. Was there ever a, f- a couple of years where it was a bit... Fortunately Tricky, not, and I right. think I think it was because. I mean, you still look about thirty-two or something. So, <laughs> I just, wow, I certainly don't feel for like, thirty-two. Me back. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on ailments. God, here we go. I turned forty, and everything just started falling apart. First, the right shoulder, then the left shoulder, my back, my stomach. Don't know what's going on. It's never ending. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, so um. I think with the child actor thing, I just think I, uh, I didn't see, there was nothing too, I mean, I know the Adrian Mole thing was a big deal at the time, but it wasn't, I don't think I, it was such, perhaps because my role wasn't. Your more supporting role. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps again, if maybe if I'd been right at the center of it, it could have been more tricky. I, I don't know, but I, I think that was, I think the key was that I didn't, there was nothing that was so high profile that it left me stuck with that yeah yeah that you were role. like pigeonholed so yeah, badly so it's like, or... oh, well, he, he's, just, he's the guy yeah. from yeah, I yeah. was just like that's good I yeah. managed to side yeah I mean I remember when I was younger there were a lot I, I mean I knew people that were doing Grange Hill and mm. things and I my, my favourite show and I probably would have loved to have yeah. done that I just I just didn't yeah yeah but it might not have served me quite as well perhaps I think almost certainly <laughs> if you judge it by <laughs> but other I, people but you know it's just the way it worked it was yeah. just the way it, I managed you to just you were too good you were stay, too good for Granger I Steven. think I just stayed <laughs> slightly enough below I managed to keep working and yeah. yet stay enough below the radar so I could just gradually steadily keep yeah yeah and so it seemed to just happen. I, there, there was a, you know, that transitional age, 16, 17, 18. And then I, ju- I was just able to do some, there was some lovely theatre stuff came up when it, in, at the age of And was work always 18. the main thing? Because like, I sometimes regret that I spent most of my 20s partying and think if I'd been a bit more serious or whatever. No, I thought I was doing that you, as well. So you were burning the candle, <laughs> yeah? Yes. Yeah. Of You must have had a great time when... The, Going around the world, doing doing all that stuff, but then you have a family, right? Yes. So, uh, at what point did it go from from that to that, and how much did that affect the like the work you do, and did it change the way you pick roles? Or I think eventually, no. I mean, I just it just eventually the part the sort of you know the party stuff just had you just got to rein that in when yeah. you've got when you've got when you've got little ones to take care of. Because at one, some point you realise you can't pull off having a hangover yeah, so um, the, it, on set. There or, gets a point when it's not a good look. Yeah. <laughs> and I, did, I literally realised when that moment was. And I really? Took it, yeah. A, what, like a specific moment or yes. a week? or a, I took yeah. it quite seriously really? and went, OK, yeah. yeah, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to... 
I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a grown up. And I, it was like not there was no kind of judgment on any, what anybody else is you know doing. Or, but I just thought no, that's it for me. I'm just gonna yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know just just concentrate on the work and get some early nights. Yeah. And that's the way I've been ever since. Oh my! Do you know what? I love nothing more than an early night. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's, that I just the the pendulum uh, swing from like you know going out all the time to sort of being in my pajamas by 8 p.m. is oh, like it. it just went it happened almost over the course of a week or something and the only thing i do i do like i do like seeing live music yeah. but, what, but i'm so i'm so middle aged now i get upset by the fact that they all go on at 9 o'clock i'm like <laughs> I've got to yeah. go and stand in a flipping room and the floor sticky. Yes, and the, like, and oh, can't you come and play at you know a nice little exactly you know theatre or yes. yeah yeah. Do you so do you still try and go and see shows or? I do still yeah. go to live music when I when I can because I, I mean I where I live there's a lot of great small I love small venues. You're, you're in Camden, right? I am, yeah. and I love well, seeing yeah. I love seeing. I love seeing uh, bands in small. Yeah, you know, me too. Some, like, I hate big. I hate the O2. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some great stadium shows. Yeah. But Neil, yeah. Neil Young, when he came last, was very exciting. Don't did get he, me wrong. He played he was, the O2. He did play the Serious? O2. Yeah. Was he with um, he was Crazy with the, Horse or he was Solo? With, he was with the. Um, they're called the Promise of the. I think they're called the Promise of the New or the Promise of the Young. Oh, excuse me for getting yeah. the name wrong. It might be called the Promise, the promise of the Young. Promise of the Real. I'm promise being Promise of the Real. Brothers. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> From the Thank Natalie you. I Rose. didn't want to get that wrong, but yeah. yet I was destined to. Um, I. It was a brilliant show because they're so young. Okay. And Neil is not so young, but obviously he's incredible. Nice. But I loved the the comp the fact that he was so. Committed excited and, yeah. by this young band and the young band was so excited to be with Neil Young just made a how old know, is Neil uh, Natalie 71 he is it's fucking amazing that he it, can be because he, he's yeah. he's one of the few I'm actually I'm about to contradict myself but he is one of those few older acts who still seem to surprise and shock when he releases stuff and yeah. got that energy of a young person but I just I was on the way here literally listening to the new Robert Plant album that was out like last week or this oh, week or something I, yeah, I saw a bit of him on Jules Holland and it was like this is amazing like really good like, well, like he's, it could be well in the same way he's not he's not content to just He's not sort of hit plugging the same no, thing, is exactly. he? No, exactly. He's like, no, let's, his, not, let's not do that. Yeah. Let's, let's, I'm yeah. an older man now. I'll do it this way or yeah. I'll do it that way. And But it's, I'm, I was really surprised straight away, like the first track. Oh, this is this is really good. Uh, so, you know, I'd, I'd check that out. So, um, so you would like to do more comedy. I'd like to see you in more, co or certainly more comedic stuff i think that would be great um but i still love do you you obviously still enjoy doing the work on on stuff that's a bit heavier and yeah, yeah. i mean it all comes down to uh it's all about the quality of the writing yeah if you've got a good i don't mind i don't don't really i don't mind if it's funny dark yeah whatever if you know if i'm if you if the writing's strong you just you you know you just want to get involved yeah really. Definitely. And have you got stuff that you're doing at the moment that you're excited I've about? Just, I've just completed something that I'm very, that's, that was, again, it was really, it was very, an interesting story. Yeah. Like very, lots of. Um, Is this a TV or a film? It's for, it's for Channel 4. It's a, okay. it's a four-parter, a mini-series, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Um, 
It's written by a writer called Jack Thorne. Who a, is, a limited series, I think they call it in the States. Is that what they call yeah. a limited <laughs> series? Yeah. See, yeah. And so, Jack um, Thorne, what's he done? I know he's, he's done a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's 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 properly brilliant. He um, Natalie, what's he's that? he's. Uh, he, he, I know recently he's known for the adaptation, the Harry Potter um, live. Oh, the live car. In which oh I God. gather he's going to Broadway. And so, oh, yeah. That's, that's and a phenomenon. That I mean, is, isn't I, it? He's, he, he did all the brilliant uh, This Is England TV adaptations. Oh, Amazing. Um, yeah, so he's. I think he might be writing a skins, Star Wars I think. script. Really? I mean, he's, he's, he's very, very clever. Yeah. And I've, I've been lucky enough to, to work on two things of his, a film that he. He'd, a feature film that he did uh, quite a few years ago called The Scouting Book for Boys. Oh, yeah. And yeah. this is, yeah, this is, um, yeah, it's a dark piece. Is it? And I don't know what it's, the title's going to be yet because I think it might change. So I won't say what the title's going to be, but it's, um, it's about... Uh, We've got something here saying that the show is called Kiri. At the moment, At the yes. moment, yeah. But it's it could change. It, that may, yeah, that yeah. may change. Yeah. But I've just been finished shooting that in Bristol and and Cardiff with a g- brilliant, lovely director called Eros Lin and so a lovely group of actors. And yeah. So and I look, do you get I look do you still get as excited about doing stuff when you love the script as yeah. you always have? Yeah. If it's if it's good, I think everyone gets excited. Yeah. You still get um, that that feeling on on the first day of set, like oh, you know, new world, new people that sort of thing because that's the thing i think is so exciting about the world of filming is like how you never stop meeting new people or like collaborating yeah. with some someone well, and also now because i've been around for a while as well you re you re you know you there were again there were a few people that i'd worked with before yeah. but a long time ago and so that's really lovely as well you go oh, well of course know, you worked with I, roger I just, a second time right so yes. in the mother which I, um is a film i that, that's that maybe is one of your films that you could put in the not enough people saw it i feel like that may have it's a great it's, it's a, a lovely it's film a really, that. It's yeah a really really good and film. Th- was that about 10 15 years apart from bitter of suburbia to that it probably was actually How, did i you, think we're talking about maybe 2003 or something three, yeah. like that so did, a really, did it feel different was it like oh hey roger look at me now i'm i'm proper grown-up or like what was the dynamic but did it feel any different sort of, it just felt, fell into felt fantastically yeah. familiar he's yeah. just a, he's a lot you know he's a he's a great director and he's um you know it's always a pleasure to be on the set uh with him and because the, the you know because he does roger does great material and yeah. so it's the same thing everybody's pleased to be there yeah yeah hanif Qureshi, roger michelle what more you know <laughs> everyone's everyone's like yep Let's you did. Um, I've, uh, you did some of the underworld movies as well. Yes. Did that suddenly open up and totally like? Do you did you do like the Comic Con things? Those kind no, of. No, I've worlds? never done any no. of that. I just like. No, I've never been asked to do any of that. Because you didn't do tons of genre stuff, have you? Really? No. And then but I did suddenly... get a cu- I, yeah a couple of those. I yeah. Got to, I got to dress up and bite some people. That did was you? fun. Yeah. It was a lot. Of, a lot <laughs> what, lot. like biting people? Or? Well, just the whole thing. Like I mean, it was the, just the dressing up bit. All of it really? was just. Well, the first in the in Underworld Two was the second. It's the second film of the series. Yeah. I'm not in the first one, but I was playing but you're a in more kind, than one. Right? I'm in two yeah, and yeah. three. Yeah, yeah. And the and in the first one in the first one that I was in in Underworld Evolution, I'm kind of playing a kind of bizarre kind of Hugh Hefner kind of <laughs> vampire character he's quite strange yeah 
Wow, that's that's quite a part to get, isn't it? Uh, quite... Hugh Hefner vampire. Yeah. Some might that say was one that of those... Hugh Hefner was a vampire. Yeah, that, you know... I mean, there, w- there was... Um... Yeah, you know that was one of those things where you put on the you put on the costume, you put in the fangs, and you walk onto this fantastic set. Yeah, that because the second film, the first film had made, did really well. Yeah. I think on a relatively think... small budget. Mm-hmm. So it'd be, it'd been a it, and so the second one was even more expensive, and right. the sets were just fantastic. Uh, so were they mostly like in camera sets were they they weren't like green screen and enormous, there was a lot of like practical enormous builds it was shot really? in the second one was shot in uh, in Vancouver and uh, the sets were just mind blowing really? huge yeah. and be- just beautiful detail yeah I'd, so I just imagine that um, I think it was uh, Gosling said that he just couldn't believe it when he walked onto the Blade Runner because it's it's rarer and rarer to get stuff actually built that isn't sure. you know yeah of course and they built so apparently they built these three dimensions where you look out of a window and you see a building and then they've built the stuff in the windows of the building across the street you know like they've gone to that sort of detail I love that you yeah. see that's another that's another incredibly exciting thing when you step onto a stage like yeah. that and then you see the the skill involved yeah in, the craftsmanship yeah you just go look at what's got the detail yeah. here you can't help but get excited have you ever that. written anything before I've written a short film right and did you have a moment where you did you stepped on or was the budget so small it was like I haven't made I've never it's never been made really I may never make it I may make it I don't know yeah well I hope it's not specific to a time because you you might need to do it pretty quickly if it's like topical don't think (laughs) I'm trying I'm racking my brains to see if there's anything that places it in a in a certain period but I I, yeah I did write one for fun I'd quite like to shoot it one day but I've never I've never had a burning desire to to direct to to, to direct but I I, it would be fun to have a go because I've written stuff and you get on set and you're like wow I just came up with this in my kitchen and now there are like a group of 20 people working to make this thing this room real fantastic it's, it's such a weird you know people doing their craft and working for weeks to just something you flippantly wrote on a script like yes. uh, kitchen is a bit you know <laughs> yeah. ragged or something and then all these that's their pe- those people's job for a few weeks to to do that is it's it's such an incredible thing it is um i can't wrap up the interview without also mentioning um I, and you hate me for saying this i'm sure but but the muppet christmas carol no, why would I hate you? Well, the the thing is, is so many people who have come on this show and talked about Christmas movies cite that as one of their top like three or four. It's become a sort well, of well. That's classic. The, weird, the weird thing is, it's grow it, it's classic status. I've seen it. Um, I've seen it bloom. Yeah. Over the years, when it first came out, it was a, it was an enjoyable film. Yeah. But it's be- over the years, it's become part of the fabric of Christmas yeah. which is just I mean how brilliant is that you, like every, you must have loved showing that to your, were your kids young were they already born then were like, I'm not sure I don't know what it was like actually one of, one of mine was maybe just was very young when I when I literally just made it yeah so they 
Yeah, they they no, they loved it, and it's no. one of you know. Of course, lots of people mention it to me, and do I they? and I do, and so and some people seem to. I'm sorry for me. It's like, why would you be sorry? You it is the it's the Muppets. Oh, come well, on. you hear stories about certain people, certain I, actors who like hate that they're known for certain. They want to be taken more like, oh, yeah, but what about my you know the performance that won me that or you know, but like the Muppets, it's like I got yeah pop culture. I was that was again. It was one of those things. It was like. I can't believe I'm in Pinewood's, no, Shepperton Studios doing a scene with Kermit. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> exchanging like dialogue with Kermit, with Kermit yeah. and Michael Caine. What? what? That is, yeah, that is like a dream, that isn't is it? Like a surreal dream. Yeah. Was what it, what it is was, it like acting with people and the people are down below you? Like, do you, do you have the tendency to want to sort of... No, you're just in the... They're so good, you're just in the scene. Really? Oh yeah, you're just and the set again. The set was mind blowing yeah. because the set's all built to scale, but it's built high on a platform for everybody to be underneath. Again, it's, so you're yeah. Oper- yeah. yeah, the craft. You're, again, you're just you're just you know you're gobsmacked yeah. at what, you know what, what's gone into kind of getting you on on the set. And there's so you don't even yeah, it's like you don't even not even you forget there's someone underneath there, you know, with the hand up. Mm-hmm. Kermit's ass. It's mm. just you know he. It's it's. Was it Jim Henson or had he sadly passed by that? Point? No, it was it was Steve Whitmore, I believe. Okay. for that film. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. The, the um, and then Frank Oz. He was the there, voice. Yeah. Frank Oz, yeah. who's who's a brilliant director. Yeah, his own amazing. Right, yeah. the voice of Miss Piggy. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, yeah. I remember being a sort of a Christmas feast scene, surrounded by dogs, chickens. <laughs> horses Miss Piggy on my left I think Kermit on my right singing a song and just is, thinking where do I go and did you how do you like <laughs> yeah right, I don't I'm, I'm done shoot yeah. me now get me the drugs yeah. I need to just go off it's, on one it's now over. yeah did you uh, did you uh, love the Muppets as a kid as well or is it yeah. Loved the Muppet yeah, Show. So. Loved, loved, loved the Muppet Show. And then again, before that, that came, that film came around because, coincidentally, I'd been involved in something before that, uh, another Henson project called okay. um, the Storyteller, okay. which was a which was a series of fairy tales. Yeah. I don't um, remember this one. John Hurt was the storyteller. Okay. <laughs> with some amazing makeup on. He was unrecognizable. With a puppet dog. And he would introduce these elaborate fairy tales, which were all done with Henson Muppet yeah. creatures. And they were they were they were elaborate and expensive and they were brilliant. They were shot wow. in Pinewood. I mean, some amazing people were involved. I think Anthony Mangella d- wrote the one that I was oh, wow. in. And Brian Henson directed that yeah yeah and then i think that's how the muppet christmas so john John hurt was unrecognizable he must have got to a point in his career was like why do people just keep covering my face what's going on (laughs) can i just be seen for once (laughs) yeah away was the prosthetic yeah just for once he was so he was so good though yeah yeah what do you make of, this is a bit of a hot topic, but like all this stuff that's been coming out lately, you've been in the business years, are you, does it, you know, the Weinstein thing that's opened this huge can of worms, like, is it a shock to you? Did you see that sort of stuff when you were growing up or? I've never been, you know, I, I'm, it, it's, unfortunately, my feeling is that this is something that's been going on 
you know it's been widespread and it's been going yeah. on a long time so I, I it's it's um it's an important moment I yeah think. it's an important Definitely. moment that people kind of or everyone's Ho- hopefully it becomes it. more yeah hopefully it, it's this will bring about a change and hopefully people will it will make people that have done it in the past conscious of oh shit i maybe some of them will actually go oh i might be one of those people or if they've got enough self-awareness or i don't know i i remember hearing about it on a on something i worked on once and being just shocked because i thought this was a really like a unique moment it was like a singular moment right and i thought well that's you know it doesn't happen that doesn't happen surely that's like what used to happen in the 70s and clearly that thing that happened was stuff that was going on all the time you know that person got fired and dealt with and i was just like oh god really that happens yeah um it's just a bit and it's just yeah it's a shame that that fear you know that fear of 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 not being able to say anything because well i what 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 will be the effects on my on my career is it's just awful well and also the the fact that you'd think anyone that wants to say something they've got to believe that everyone else is if they say something that they've well that's everyone's going to have that solidarity you how you can't how do you do it yeah and so that's why this is happening now because it's like you you have to have that otherwise yeah if you're the lone person saying this happened to me and everybody else remains um silent yeah you're you're stuffed i feel like it could i mean some people are saying it won't change but i feel like i i do i I I, I can't say either way i hope it does i feel i feel as emma thompson said in her uh, brilliant uh interview recently i feel like you know there's perhaps more more women in the position you know in some of those um higher positions higher positions production positions will hopefully that that will that's a shift that definitely needs to take place and i think definitely yeah well um, let's not end it on a real down note um you have picked a guilty pleasure for us this is something that we ask our guests (laughs) i'm not sure whether this is an out and out guilty i don't think it's guilty i mean i've got i could mention a tote well i mean i could mention you know i love the antiques roach Well, that's guilty-ish, that's, but I think fair, you're talking to someone that ten years ago I would have been like, "What?" But, that's but an now old, I'm that's like, "That's yeah. an old man. That's like a proper." Yeah. yeah. What happens? Why do Why do we get to a certain age and we like like things about engineering or, or um, antiques or like what? Hap- why is that? I would never be interested in some of the things I like now in my twenties or teens. I saw a clip the other day of. I think they showed it on Gogglebox of James May, some show where James May takes apart yeah. an item. Have you seen a clip no, of this? I haven't seen it. Tweet, it was the most, I'm intrigued. It was fantastic. <laughs> oh. I just love the fact that it could be a television program. Was the fact I, 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 he took apart, he takes apart various things, and yeah. one of them was an antique telephone. Oh my God. He took it apart and he put it back together again. Was there a camera? Was there a process of sort of analysing what was inside? Or yeah, was it, just, it was yeah. just like reveling at the you know <laughs> this engineering. Yeah, 
he took it apart and he wow. put it back together and, ma and made it ring at the end of the show and I was like <laughs> I love I'm, that I <laughs> come what's oh my you know, god what you know I don't need to see Game of Thrones I've got a man taking a phone I apart I just love <laughs> the fact that someone was prepared to commission that yeah. as a show that's like they must be so chuffed that if that show does well they're like this cost us a, yes. a quarter of the budget of yes. a drama probably even less and we've got I mean, viewing I, figures. But I'm, I'm interested in the part of me that loves it. Yeah. So I've got no interest in taking apart a telephone no. myself. But I just love Sounds the fact that I could watch him doing it. I think sometimes it's because you don't want to watch something that's like the business you do, which is drama and fiction. Yeah, it, and, that, well, I think you've just, really hit the nail yeah. upon the head. Yeah, yeah. Nail upon the head? That's <laughs> a strange turn of phrase. It's very lesbian uh, <laughs> of One you. has hit the nail <laughs> upon one's head. <laughs> Um, I like that. You, yeah. You're still in Muppet Christmas Carol territory, aren't yeah, you? That's what it is. You've gone into Kensington. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. Get the, yeah. So, but your other one. So Antiques Roadshow is guilty pleasure. My other one is a definitely not because I don't feel guilty about this no. at all. I just, I suppose it was a pleasure that I didn't expect to be. I was a discovery. Yeah. A surprise pleasure. A surprise pleasure introduced to me by my children because, of okay. course, that's the brilliant thing is when your children can suddenly introduce you to stuff. What age are your children? They're big now. They're, oh, twi right. they're 25 and 21. Oh, my God. You've got proper adults. Yeah. They're so big that when other, other, uh, other parents are having sort of conversations about children now, yeah. you're not even considered to be one of yeah, them. Because yeah. they're like, oh, no, you just you don't know about any yeah, of this. Because yeah, yeah. you're, you're out of the conversation about yeah. children. Because it's like, well, you don't really have are them. They? You've got big ones. But are anyway, they? so so they introduced me to... Um, Bob's Burgers, which okay. is a, which is a the animated comedy, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you know it? I've never seen it. Oh, I know of it. Yeah, so good. Is it? Yeah, it's so good. Do you watch it with them? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> is it? And that's it, also it's quite an really, adult sort of. Yeah. It's a bit edgy, right? Yeah, but you know we can all we can all we can laugh. all handle yeah, it now, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's lovely in yeah. itself. See, that's the bit. But it's but, it, but what's lovely about the show is it's kind of adult, but there's a. There is a beautiful naivety to it as well. Right. It's, almost, it's actually a sitcom. It's a perfect sitcom. Yeah. But it's it not the King to, of the Hill guys, but it happens it? to no. it maybe. It maybe. It feels it like it's got a bit of that flavour to it. Who? Natalie's. But it's just. Um, oh, she's. Yeah, but I'll it's, I'll it's, a, it's a classic sitcom scenario. It's Bob and his family running a burger joint somewhere in America. Yeah. But the characters are just so beautifully. Yeah. Drawn, yeah. It's yeah. I will check that out. I don't think that that qualifies it's not, it's as not a guilty, guilty pleasure. Enough, but I we'll suppose. put your uh, antiques roadshow. Oh yes. no, no. The James May dismantling. I haven't. Phone. I mean, that I haven't is, even seen that. But yeah. I'm, I need. I think I'm going to get the yeah. box and just watch yeah, the it. Box. Shall I buy the box? The James <laughs> yeah. May box. Yeah, the box set of uh, dismantle. That's what it's called. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Um, okay, we're going to play out with your second choice of music. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, we're going to end on a bit more of an upbeat, up tempo. This is like, again, this is like classic soundtrack territory. Yes. Do you know, it's by David Shire and it's the, uh, the main theme to the taking of Pelham 123, the original. Do you know if David Shire's done other soundtracks? Are, are you a fan of his stuff? I do happen to know one other soundtrack that he's done. And again, mm. it's a film that I... Actually, no, I think maybe I have seen the film a long time ago. There's a film called The Hired Hand. Okay. Am I, am I getting the title right? It's a Western. Mm. It's an obscure Western. And that's a great soundtrack as well. A kind of dusty... Yeah. 
Is it is it sort of Ennio Morricone esque or is yeah, it? Yeah, it's a little more kind of. Um, it's it's brilliantly Western and evocative. It's a while since I've heard it, but it's I know it's a classic. It's yeah. a classic. Uh, Morricone is another one. I'm an yeah, I'm yeah. obsessed with all He's of so his. Good. We had uh, um, Matt Holness, uh, actor, writer, director, in, and he picked one from a movie. I can't remember what the movie was, but it was, I'd never heard of it, and it was such a great piece of music. And you can hear how many people have like borrowed from. Morricone. Well, he again. He's the one. The, talking about the theme, yeah. the variations so on a theme. He does that so so well. Well, well um, this is the taking of Pelham One Two Three. Stephen, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for coming in. Thank you very much. Keep up all the good work. We'll look out for Kiri or whatever it's uh, yes. when it's out. And um, yes, uh, thank you for this. Thank you for coming in. Cheers. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes.